Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it, love it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play, because that's where we are. And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to Once More with Commentary. We are a Buffy podcast, and I'm Allie. And I'm Jitty. And today we're talking about graduation day. Woo-hoo. We're graduating. Woo, we're graduating from season three. Yeah. Okay, so graduation day. It's the big season three finale. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to watching it. I um, was. I actually tried not to take notes, and that lasted for same. like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's at the very end of the, of the second half, I, I didn't really take notes, but... Yeah, there is just so much going on. (laughs) Well, and it's so much, too, that, like, I think now I'm, like, poised to watch in a certain way. So, like, all the thoughts that I'm having, like, where usually I would kind of, like, maybe not even notice that I'm having them. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to write this down. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, probably something stupid, like, Cordelia's hair. But, like, at the time, (laughs) it felt extremely momentous, and I had to record it. (laughs) Okay, so do you want to tell us what happens I do. I'm going to start out. Um, so obviously, you know, graduate in, from the beginning of the, ep- of the episode, graduation is looming and everybody is getting really sentimental. <laughs> like lots of odd friendships are kind of striking up here and there. Um, but also the Scoobies find out that the mayor is going to be the commencement speaker and they know that he's been planning this ascension and that it was happening on graduation. So like, it's not a great sign that he's going to be the speaker at their, at their graduation. Um, meanwhile, he, tasks Faith with murdering this, like, local professor. Um, and, uh, yeah. And uh, Xander mentions the Ascension to Anya, who turns out to have been somebody who's lived through an Ascension, and so she becomes a very useful resource for the Scoobies. And meanwhile, Buffy goes to investigate this professor that Faith murdered, which, you know, basically Faith's murdering this guy leads Buffy right to some helpful information, which is that 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 professor had done um, had uncovered the bones of another uh, ascension where and so now they figure out what kind of demon the mayor's going to turn into. And also they find out that he could be killed. And in that case, he was killed by a volcano. I'm, I'm once again losing the thread very quickly. Suffice it to say in this episode, the Scoobies kind of figure out what the ascension is and how they can maybe stop it or at least that it can be stopped. Um, unfortunately, even though Faith kind of made some missteps with the murder, she also gets a pretty good distraction going for Buffy and she shoots Angel with a poisoned arrow. Um, she shoots him not through the heart, but so that he's going to be slowly dying for a couple of days and that there's no cure for this poison that she's used other than the blood of a slayer. (laughs) Uh, so of course Buffy goes, she doesn't want to offer up, she's going to offer up Faith's blood. And so it leads to, like, this kind of showdown that I think we've all been waiting for ever since Faith turned bad. Um, And Buffy and... So Buffy and Faith get into this, like, match almost to the death. Buffy manages to stab Faith nearly fatally in the stomach, and then Faith jumps off of the building that they're fighting on to, like, land in a truck and and go away. But now Buffy has no one... No one's blood to give Angel. And I'm going to pass this summary off to you. 
Well, not no one's blood. Right. Because Faith got away, um, but Buffy still is a slayer herself, so she goes to Angel and offers her blood for him to drink. Um, well, she sends Willow and Oz away, and then she offers Angel her blood, and he's mm-hmm. in such a weakened state that it's actually not that difficult to get him to do it. Um, <clears throat> and you could kind of argue he's not even really aware of what mm-hmm. he's doing. Um, and so, but he doesn't drain her completely. Um, somehow he stops, and so he takes her to the hospital where, um, you know, to get her blood transfusions. Um, but then they see Faith in a coma in the hospital, so they know mm-hmm. that Faith isn't dead, but she um, barely survived her fall mm-hmm. onto the truck. Um, and the mayor is at the hospital grieving over Faith, and he tries to kill Buffy mm-hmm. while she's getting blood transfusions. Um, meanwhile, and they stop him, but meanwhile, um, Giles and everyone shows up at the hospital, and they're maybe rightfully or not rightfully pissed at Angel for drinking mm-hmm. Buffy's blood and they send him away and then then they all decide like it's time to get to work like they know um Buffy has some kind of weird slayer dream with Faith mm-hmm. that tells her to prey on the mayor's human weaknesses mm-hmm. um so they figure out that Faith is his weak link and so they hatch a plan to defeat the mayor um and then graduation day dawns and um you know, the mayor's giving the commencement speech. The class shows up. Um, oh, a very important development in the Willow and Oz relationship. Oh, right. They, yes, they finally <laughs> have sex. <laughs> um, and so everyone's ready to go, and um, the mayor gives his speech, and the, uh, there, there's an eclipse that happens, and so um, that's kind of the signal that it's beginning, and he starts shifting and turning into this giant, like, snake monster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entire senior class reveals themselves to be armed to the teeth Yay. with stakes and weapons and like, but like legit weapons, like mm-hmm. flamethrowers and like right. stuff, Bows and rocket and launchers yeah. and like all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, so Xander's kind of leading the charge of that. So they, they do like a first assault on the mayor and then an army of vampires shows up as well because of the eclipse. And mm-hmm. so the students mostly focus on fighting the vampires um, and Buffy lures the mayor with Faith's knife that she used to stab her into the school where she runs into the library and out the back door. And they've loaded the entire library with, like, explosives. Yeah. And Giles pulls the plunger, and they blow up the mayor. So Yay. they essentially created their own little mini volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, so they defeat the mayor. The ascent- they stop the ascension. or Well, they didn't stop the ascension, but they, but they- killed the demon. Mm-hmm. And... They all technically graduate, but by blowing up their their high school. So, <laughs> and that's that. And Angel uh, doesn't say goodbye, but no. we see him basically kind of fade out into the night. Mm-hmm. And everyone recognizes that they survived high school, and that's the end of high mm-hmm. school. Aww. It is a really, like, it's a good action it hour, is. I think. Like, it and, is. and I'm never prouder than when Buffy screams now and the entire yeah, senior class is like, and like their parents a, are like running for yeah, their lives. And I the, did the wonder students about are that. all standing their ground just like, let's do this. And it's, it's kind all, of, I yeah. think, tracks really well with what we see happen in the previous episode where totally. they give Buffy the class protector yeah. award. It's like, now it's their turn to like help her protect themselves. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I agree. I also, that is one of the moments that, um, it's probably the only moment actually, other than the musical episode, which is kind of a different, different bag, but like the score for the finale of this is like, it really elevates it. Like it really makes it seem more epic than it is. Cause 
honestly, you know, I, I this is one of the only times that I watch something older and wish that they had had a bigger budget to make it a little bit more spectacular because they really are like, you know, they don't have that many extras on set. And so like to kind of have this whole war going on with like 70 students is a little bit like, well, I think most California schools would have had more and it could have looked a little bit bigger, I think. But at the same time, like they do so well with what they have that I, I the like The only it. thing I would say is they did actually call out that the senior class is like 100 students in the beginning of the episodes. Yeah. So, which I think is either intentional or just Probably, like, yeah. a, like a, also kind of an in-joke on like, of course, there's only 100 students because they haven't all survived. the other 100 died yeah. or whatever. So. That's a good point. I guess it's more so that just they, they have some overhead zoom out shots that always end up looking kind of small to me. Um, yeah, it's like but it's really not 15 a vampires on, show up. To yeah, fight, yeah. Like, and it's like, I think that in reality, this scene is a little bit bigger than the way it's pictured. And I think it's just that, like, logistically, they just didn't have the money for that. They had to CGI a whole, a whole demon snake. So <laughs> they did. And also, I mean, he also looks terrible, but whatever. yeah. But I think part of that, too, is like it's a TV budget in 1999 exactly. yeah. for CGI. So, like, he looks right. about as good as I probably would expect. I mean, and honestly, to. I've seen worse things in movies that get made today. So, like, he's bad, but like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. This at least has the excuse of being a TV show in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but I guess, again, kind of what I think a little bit what you were saying, what what makes the end so exciting is that like they don't they clearly don't have a huge budget to make this like a movie, you know, an action movie worthy scene. But they do like the choreography is still really good. And I think the score is really good. And like the emotions are really good. So it's like it ultimately is a really satisfying fight sequence. That's like it's fun to watch. Like I wanted to see who was going to get who was going to punch someone and who was going to you know, do a cool evasion, evasion move. And like all of that is like, it's very exciting to watch. So they do. And also the faith Buffy showdown is like, it's just another good fight scene. Like, I don't know a ton about action movies, but I know that when I was watching that, I could tell that they were using body doubles, but short of that, it was exciting to watch. Like they did cool things. They handcuff each other and then have to fight handcuffed. Like it, you know, that's just like, those are clever things that you haven't, I haven't seen a lot in TV or at least is good is, is very fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was a great fight. You're right, though. I mean, it's clearly the doubles mm-hmm. until they get, like, in a close-up. Because it's, like, they're going all out. And, like, mm-hmm. I bet when they get the script, like, I bet their body doubles were, like, yes! Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> it was just, like, a knockdown, drag-out fight of two slayers. And then going back to the final, like, the final battle, like, I, I think what's really fun is, like... You know, we hear them say, okay, so that's the plan, but, like, we never right. hear the they plan. They don't know what the plan is. And we yeah. see little bits of it, like, you know, they're going around to different um, people in the school and kind mm-hmm. of, like... They're getting fertilizer in Oz's yeah. van or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then they're, like, going around to different people and saying, like, hey, can I talk to you? So, like, we mm-hmm. kind of see them laying the groundwork. Like, we see Giles kind of say, like, well, I suppose it's poetic or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, you know, he blows up his own library. Right. Um, although I did notice they removed all the books, so, which <laughs> good. was good, because I was, I was very worried about book murder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, we kind of see, then we get to see in real time how it unfolds and it's, it's a really good plan. It is. Um, And yeah, but we also see, you know, we get little moments like, you know, poor Larry, we kind of see him get tossed Mm -hmm. by his, I can never remember his name. (laughs) Probably dead. We see Harmony get bit by a vampire, Mm -hmm. which 
definitely will come back. Um, mm-hmm. We see Cordelia stake a vampire on her own. Oh, I'm so proud of her every time yeah. I see that. So what's interesting is I, I watched, there's a little interview in the special features with mm-hmm. Joss Whedon about these episodes, and he basically said, like, whoever was really being nice to him that day, he was like, like, Cordelia or Charisma Carpenter asked him if she could stake a vampire on screen, and he was like, sure. <laughs> and then um, he asked uh, Alexis Denisoff, like, what do you want to do in the battle? And he was like, oh, just kill me and, like, or just have me, like, knock down in, like, the first three seconds or whatever. So, like, we see Wesley, like, immediately get taken out of the He doesn't do anything useful. Yeah. That's funny, though. Oh, we, we forgot to mention Buffy fired the council. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, it's interesting that you're saying that, though, because I actually kind of think that was a misstep in this episode, having him be completely, well, maybe not a misstep. But I guess what I'm saying is that I want to give Wesley credit in this episode because I think nobody does, that, like, she fires him, she fires the council, and he kind of goes away, but then when they're making their big plan, Wesley comes back of his own accord. And he has also, at this episode, you know, in the in the course of these two episodes, he does go to the council and literally ask them, how do I cure this sick vampire? Like, yeah. obviously they say no, but I do feel like it's clear that he's done everything in his power on that front. So it's like, this is a big turn from, like, two episodes ago when he was like, let's just let Willow die because who cares? You know what I mean? Or because there's a bigger mission, not because he didn't care. Um... So I guess I just feel like even in this episode, though, when he comes back, they're all kind of like, whatever, Wesley. But I'm like, honestly, he's made some big leaps of like, he's going against the council now, too. And I think that that is really difficult for him. So I I appreciate it when he shows up and he's like, literally, just tell me what I can do to help. I don't know if they don't give him credit. Like, I think Buffy kind of acknowledges Mm, what he did. But I think she's also still really pissed about the whole um, council thing with Angel. But I think think that was a big wake-up call for Wesley because it's like Buffy's whole thing this whole time has been like... You know, the council's not on the ground. They don't really see what's going on. So when they ask them for help, it's not because it's, like, some whim. It's, like, because it's, you know, they need Angel to help them fight the mayor and, like, all this stuff. And I think that was a wake-up call for Wesley, too, where he was, like, this is crucially important. And you're Mm -hmm. saying no because of some arbitrary rule about how we don't help vampires. And so I think it serves as both like a wake up call for Wesley, but also like that's the final straw for Buffy where she says, you know what? I don't need you. I do right. my job without you most of the time and you're not helpful anyway. So why, why yeah. should I rely I, on you? I guess I just think kind of to the same point though, is that like Wesley is the one on the ground and he is coming around and she treats him like the rest of the council when he is yeah. clearly making changes and not trying to, he's trying to be more forgiving. He's been trained his whole life to do this thing, you know? So like it is understanding that he needs like a day to get used to, oh, we save vampires now. Like, anyway, I guess I just feel like when he came back, they all kind of rolled their eyes at him, and I'm like, it's fair, but I, the viewer, want to say I'm proud of Wesley for, like, the incredible steps that he's made. (laughs) Also, just because I love Wesley, and I know he's going to go on to to do more things, you know? Yeah. Um, Also, I love that they just nip that whole Wesley-Cordelia thing. Yeah. Right, like, they're just so disgusted. Like, they're like, oh, maybe this was not what we thought. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I still have mixed feelings about that whole thing. Or rather, yeah. I have negative feelings about that whole thing. But I am glad that they at least put a, a fine point on it not working out. Yeah, like a comedic one at that, too. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's, I think, like, this is a, you know, I was thinking when I was watching this, um, like, surely the season two finale is probably the most emotional finale mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. ever do. Well, one of two you know, yeah. emotional yeah. ones. Maybe even more emotional because, you know, we see Buffy sacrificing Angel, and um, it's definitely, like, this big, epic thing that happens. But I, in some ways, this one, to me, feels like a finale, like a final thing. Right. Like, like they're right. really closing a chapter on an era. Like, right. you know, 
the high school is not like they don't just graduate. The high school is destroyed. And, yeah. um, you know, angels leaving town and certain characters are leaving and new ones are coming. And it's like, I don't know. It just feels like a, like an actual finale in every sense of like what that's supposed right. to mean. Um, and it's like, there's no like, um, twist ending of like mm-hmm. setting up the, the stuff for next year. Like it's just clean slate, like yeah. everything. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it, also it's just really fun to watch. It is. And you know what? I, I, the thing I think is particularly unique about this one and is so appropriate for like a graduation, you know, end of high school episode is that like, I feel like the feeling that I get every time, you know, the students all pull out their weapons is like a huge swell of pride. And it's like, yeah. that's a weird thing to feel watching TV. I feel like I don't often feel proud of the characters that I'm watching because because kind of like what you're saying, I think more often, and I, I love these feelings too, is watching something like the season two finale where you're watching someone make really big personal sacrifices and you're like, wow, I'm so sad for them or I'm so happy that their love worked out or whatever. So I feel like this is kind of unique in that way where it's like, and in, and you don't just get to feel proud of Buffy, but you get to literally be happy for all the students that we've watched and kind of grown to love in the background, you know? And it's like, it really does feel like they're all maturing and all are being so brave. And it's like, it's just so cool, you know? I don't know. And Snyder gets eaten. Snyder gets eaten. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm curious what your thoughts are about Snyder in this episode, because Alex and I weren't, I, I don't think we're really agreeing. I feel like ever since the, like, two episodes ago when Snyder caught them, you know, making their box exchange and their box and willow exchange, I feel like he kind of, I don't want to say lost his faith in the mayor, but, like, up until that point, you think it was clear that, you know, Snyder follows the rules and the mayor is the one in charge of the town, so he is pro-mayor. But, like, watching the mayor break the rules, I think, kind of broke Snyder a little bit. But I'm curious if you if you feel the same way. Like when they were having their conversation about the commencement speech, I think Snyder looked a little bit freaked out and like he no longer trusts him. I think he or was, was scared he, of him. Or is he proud when the mayor does give him he's, these kind of accolades? I don't know. Like I feel like the thing about Snyder that I feel like didn't change is that I think he's just terrified of the mayor. And mm-hmm. like that's kind of my reading of a lot of his interactions with him. Mm-hmm. Um but then I think he also, like, has this streak where he, above all, just does not abide disorder. And, mm-hmm. and like, that's what the ascension is. And so that's right. why he's basically shouting at this giant snake yeah. when he gets eaten. But And it's, like, pure Snyder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's just more generally aware of what it is he's dealing with. Hmm. And, and I just read it as, like, he's even just more terrified. But I guess I just feel like, again, three episodes ago, if the mayor had said, you know, you do such a great job on the school and you should call me rich or dick or whatever he said, like, I feel like the mayor would have swelled with pride. And I'm sorry, Snyder would have swelled with pride. And in this episode, he's kind of like doesn't know what to do with that. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you're right. Maybe he would have reacted a little bit differently. Hmm. Do we want to talk about the faith stuff? Sure. I mean, I think you kind of had mentioned that faith left kind of a sloppy trail for them to Find, I mean, the mayor, too. Um, it was at the mayor's direction, so he's to blame, really. It was. He's the I, brains so, behind this operation. <laughs> it was, but I kind of wonder. So, um, obviously, Faith has never been that careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it does kind of look like in trying to tie up any loose ends or anything, the mayor kind of led them right to what kind of demon he, did, he was going yeah. to become. Um, which seems a little bit sloppy on the mayor's part. Um, but also, you know... Combine that then with the dream that Buffy has where mm-hmm. Faith seems almost repentant, where she's, you know, 
kind of I, just like yeah. she's she's just very calm. Like she's not saying she's sorry. She's not like she just she's just existing in whatever this world is. But she gives Buffy the answer that she needs, and mm-hmm. she's sort of like kind of shrugs and's like, yeah, that's you know, here's what it is or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's not so much like we have a ghost faith saying like, oh, I'm so sorry for everything I did. It's just like we have a very agnostic faith, I guess. Yeah. Going, um, you know, this is the situation. This is what it this is. This is what yeah. you could do to fix it. And and I think combining that with like faith and unintentionally leading them right to um, what kind of demon the mayor was going to turn into, like faith actually is the key in like yeah. how they ended up defeating the mayor. True. Not to mention, perhaps, and then she also is the key because she's the thing that they use to pull on his emotions. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a, interesting, like an unintentional like um, sort she's, of redemption yeah. arc for faith. Yeah, <laughs> that she I, almost has no part of. But um, and and we also will see later that like maybe coma faith and real life faith are not the are same not the person. same. Yeah, because I do wonder in that you know that dream sequence I think is um open to interpretation <laughs> because on the one hand it could be that both of them and I think that this is the way it's meant to be read is that like they genuinely are both in an unconscious state and then they have this interaction together but what I also thought about was that you know we've already seen that one of Buffy's slayer powers is that she has prophetic dreams so it could also just be that she's getting like a semi-prophecy from above you know like it could it doesn't necessarily have to be actual faith's consciousness in there it could just be what buffy is dreaming right so i guess we that don't was know kinda, that for sure well, well and i don't think they ever answer that or maybe they do but that's I what i mean so. like unintentionally think, through no right. actions of her own faith ends up really helping them with this um, right 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 no i'm not talking about that at all though i'm just trying to say like in terms of the actual way that that dream works i feel like it's always presented as though they're both in their Actually, the two of them are interacting, but re- realistically, it could just be Buffy's own dream that that you know she could have just had a dream about faith. No, I think in, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't remember if in the later episodes they refer to it ever, but I don't think that they do. Like, I don't think Faith ever down the line says like, "Oh, remember when we talked in that dream?" <laughs> Maybe yeah. she does, but I don't think so. <laughs> also, I mean, it seems kind of sloppy of Faith to um, speaking of sloppy to mm-hmm. um, she she shoots Angel with a poison that either she doesn't truly understand or know that much about other than it there's no cure or mm-hmm. which it seems like she doesn't know that there's a cure she doesn't but i think yeah she shot him with a poison that her death can cure right like, that seems <laughs> like, and you've already stupid. given buffy every reason to want to kill you now, yeah and it's like that seems like a, a big mistake but i think a little bit that falls in line with faith who like She's really reckless, and she does also want to fight with Buffy, you know? So, like, is this just a really great way to pick a fight with Buffy? Well, I think that's part of it. Like, she, you know... Um, and pick a fight to the to death. Buffy she's distracted. Been, and not because, even just like, keep her distracted, though. I feel like Faith has been wanting Buffy to accept that they're the same, that they're both killers, right? And so, like, I this, I think, is giving Faith way too much credit. Honestly, I think she's not smart enough to have thought all these things through. But... To, to your point, if she did think it all through, it's an even better way to bait Buffy specifically into murdering her or being willing to murder her, right? Because this whole season they've been arguing about whether or not it's okay for them to just kill people. <laughs> and then she yeah. does finally succeed in making Buffy willing to kill a, another human. So in some way she does still kind of win, you know? She wins by backfiring almost. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> her whole plan backfires in that 
she's given Buffy a reason to come after her. And yes, it's a distraction from the Ascension, but at this point, like, what, how are they going to stop the Ascension? Like, right. they can't until, like, everything's in place. Um, <clears throat> and so, like, she's basically distracting Buffy by, like, killing her boyfriend. And, but she's done it in such a terrible way where, like, she's given Buffy every reason to come after her. So maybe she does want that. But then, you know... But I'm saying I, even, if, even if Faith dies, she's succeeded at least in making Buffy a murderer, too. Right. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Did she? Because, like, I always wonder about this. Like, if Buffy really wanted to kill Faith... I wonder why, about it, too. Why did she stab her in the stomach? Well, and like, she didn't... And, and, and more, more to the fact, once Faith is that, like, that injured, she could have just killed her. She could have taken the knife back out and stabbed her in the heart. Yeah, and she didn't have to let Faith, like... I mean, Faith kind of knocked her down, but, like, I just feel like Faith was kind of... Or Buffy was kind of willing to let Faith, like, get away. I think so, too. I think she ultimately realized she couldn't go through with it. And I don't yeah. know that she meant to... Yeah, I'm not sure what she was going for. I'd have to watch that fight scene again, but they were defending... You know, she was also defending herself. She know. was, and maybe she didn't have the right vantage point to mm-hmm. stab her in the heart, but it just seems like... From all of Buffy's training, if she's fighting Faith and giving into Reflex and all of this, like, she would have stabbed her in the heart. Like, mm-hmm. that's where her training leads her. Like, she yeah. doesn't stab vampires in the gut. Like, she doesn't, you yeah. know. It just seems, it seems, I mean, it's obviously a cheat because. Right, because they can't, the they don't want, they, Buffy can't be a murderer. Yeah. Right. Like, like they, they <laughs> no don't. No matter like what, yeah. Party line is Buffy does not kill people. Right. And this is as close as they ever get. Is right. like, she's kind of willing, but, like, then there's the cop out of, like, Honestly, the reason Faith's in the coma isn't even because of what Buffy did to her. Right, it's because Faith's fall she can't from die. the roof onto the truck, yeah. like yeah. the head trauma and like all this stuff. Like, and it, I think they kind of make it seem like Buffy stabbed her in a kidney or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we're, Buffy gets let off the hook even with that because like Faith did the most yeah. damage to herself. Right. Um, so that's kind of like it's it, like they definitely go there and then walk it back immediately. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. I agree. And I was kind of wondering about that in the episode. I'm like, is it really, is Buffy really willing to kill Faith? Well, because I think the easiest thing to do would have been to just capture Faith, handcuff her or hogtie her or whatever mm-hmm. and bring her to Angel. Like, why do mm-hmm. you have to kill her to bring her to Angel? I think she was just will- assuming that Faith was enough of an opponent that she wouldn't be able to just drag her without having her unconscious. But then she should have knocked her in the head. <laughs> I guess yeah. that could have also been fatal, so who knows. Yeah. Um, um, also, so in this fight, we see Buffy show up, and she, this is, like, maybe one of the first times we see Buffy in, like, that head-to-toe leather yeah, look that yeah. actually becomes more common throughout the series, yeah. but it's totally borrowed from Faith. Like, it is. It's also <clears throat> on not, all of the DVDs. Maybe not actually the clothes, but, like, you know, that yeah. look. That's, and Faith, she's even, Faith even comments on that. Yeah. You know, then ironically, too, or not ironically, but, like, the beginning of the episode, Faith is dressing up kind of like Buffy, you know, right? At the mm-hmm. mayor's behest, yeah. he's given her this, like, sort of sweet dress. Not that Buffy would wear that dress exactly, but they do kind of... They do kind of do a little bit of exchange there. Um, I want to go back to another point, but just because you brought up Buffy's clothes, like, I I think it's a cool touch. I think it is... I, I think it was a good choice. It is a little bit weird that she, like, literally is in the library, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna... She goes to the locker room and, like, gets changed to her all-leather outfit. I'm like, you were already wearing something pretty casual. You could have just gone and fight, fought her like that, but whatever. It's almost um, like armor, though, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, but <laughs> Faith in that, in that scene is wearing those, like, glitter sparkle jeans. Oh, she's yeah. She's just wearing, like, a really 1999 outfit. I was just like, oh, God, I... If I didn't own jeans like that, I definitely wanted them. That's just funny. That's just a fat of of the era, funny thing. But 
Yeah, there's some um, pretty bad. I don't think it says anything about Faith's character. It was just funny to me. I just remember for like the six months that glitter jeans were a thing. Um, but kind of going back, I, you know, I guess ultimately the they just depict Faith and the mayor as having a father daughter relationship, which, you know, I guess it just when you love someone, it just is a sort of thing that happens. But I'm kind of curious, like, why, why do you think the mayor attaches to faith so much? You know, they really haven't known each other that long, especially for somebody who's lived a century. Like, I guess because he never had his own kids, he's had a lot of lackeys. Is it, you know, is it because she's a girl? I'm just kind of curious, like, what, what do you think kicked that off for him? That why did he get so attached to her? I don't know, because, like, we literally go from Faith showing up at his door to the next episode. He's already acting really paternal mm-hmm. with her. Maybe he did have a daughter, and she reminds her of him. Maybe. Her, I mean, him like, of her. Because, <laughs> like, technically, Faith is, like, replacing Mr. Trick. And, like, right. certainly their relationship was just professional. Business, yeah. Maybe it is. But I think in some ways, because I've thought about this a lot, like, where... I don't know if it's necessarily we need to worry as much about, like, why is the mayor treating her this way? Like, it kind of seems like it goes along with his whole personality of, like, here's a troubled youth and he's going right. to, like, you know, help yeah. her out. well, that's a good But point. I think for Faith, you know, when oh, she yeah. fights with Buffy, remember she says, like, you got the watcher. Like, yeah. Faith wants this, like, paternalistic or, like, well, parental yeah. figure in her life. And in some ways, like, the Faith and mayor relationship is a parallel to Buffy and Giles. Totally. In that and it's we not this really kind of, that, yeah. We yeah. have this, like, professional relationship that turns paternalistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like Faith is obviously, if if she didn't go to the mayor seeking that out, when he starts offering it to her, she's not going to turn it down. Because, right. like, that's something that she sees that Buffy has that she doesn't. And she doesn't much care where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think that explains a lot of that relationship. Well, I definitely understand it from Faith's perspective. I mean, literally everything that the mayor says to her in this episode, for someone like her who has longed for any kind of maternal or paternal, any, you know, she just wants anybody really to love her and to do so unconditionally. Like, I don't know how she could not be loyal to him. Like, I think her behavior makes total sense. I guess I still am curious about why the mayor latches onto her. Because kind of like we were talking about before, I mean, truthfully, like, he does say that really validating thing about, like, if Buffy marched in here and offered herself up, I wouldn't even take her anymore. But, like, Buffy is smarter and she's better, you know? Like, Faith is, is not smart. She's just willing to do whatever he says. Which is maybe part of what he admires. Yeah, I, mean. I guess that's true. I guess I, I just, I, I'm curious what the mayor sees in her. But I guess, like I said, like, sometimes that's just the way that love is and you love the people that you love and it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, once you've kind of gone in on it, then that's just the way it is. I do appreciate that he seems to love her unconditionally. And as obviously screwed up as their relationship is, I think that the bones of it are somewhat healthy. (laughs) You know, the structure is not an unhealthy dynamic. Yeah, I mean, like, the way... If he weren't asking her to murder and commit crimes for him. Well, but in some ways, Giles is doing the same with Buffy. That's true. Think of how many crimes she commits in the name of investigating slays. Or, Mm -hmm. like, not slays, um demons mm-hmm. you know and like she has she's killing demons but like their relationship it's like a parallel like the, they like really the flip are side, yeah. you know kind of thing and and it's like faith got the watcher that she wanted it just mm-hmm. happened to be mayor wilkins evil about to be demon guy true when angel goes to the hospital and he sees mm-hmm. him the mayor is truly grieving like, yeah agreed. whatever his initial motivations are like we don't see it happen like we because we really never see the like beginnings of their relationship like we go from Faith showing up at his door to the next episode, she's, like, fully in it. So mm-hmm. we don't really know what he saw, but... Like, it's clear that he's to, 
as yeah. yeah. We just have to accept that this is the relationship that they have. And I do um, think that he, you know, he loves her unconditionally. And even and to the point, you know, I think it says something that like they have this final conversation where he's like, even after I'm a demon, I'm still going to need you, you know, and he means it. He's not just saying it, that to her. I don't it think really unconditional. I wonder because like, or maybe it is she now, but screwed even up a few a episodes it, ago, yeah, like, no. he kind of like is right. threatening her for sure. not, you know, doing what he wants. Like, but I think now yeah. that he would just kill her. I think they've grown past that. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Hmm. I did also in, enjoy a lot watching the interaction between the mayor and Giles. So like at some point when the Scoobies are all in the library, the mayor just barges in, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. and he just taunts Giles. Like he says he's going to eat Buffy. I'm like, that's a pretty mean thing to say. <laughs> and Giles rises to the bait. Yeah. Too. And I, but I, I think that that, yeah. I mean, that really underscores the like parallelness of their relationships to just kind of watch the two of them interact with one another on that level of like, we both care about these charges and here's how, and now we're going to fight about it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, on another note, I was noticing we're really like, they've gone fully down the road here of like, we're almost supposed to be rooting for Buffy to kill Faith Mm -hmm. because like Faith has fully shifted to like evil. Like she just walks into that professor's house. Yeah. And just no more remorse about killing. Like she just does it. And then she's like openly bragging about shooting Angel in the back. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, I shot him in the back. It was great. Like, and and this is the first human that Faith, I think, has straight up murdered, right? She murdered Maybe. that other guy, but it was an accident. Right. I mean, she's we don't murdered know other if people, but not they've all been demons. The, I mean, I don't know the guy who had the spiders was. He I a thought demon? he was a vampire. Yeah. Oh, but maybe you're right. I I don't no, know if I they think, showed him on the ground or not after she. I think him. they did. So maybe you're right. Okay, so he's maybe the first one. Yeah. But you never know. With those guys, he could have also been a demon. Yeah. This guy is certainly undisputably a human. It is interesting. Like, I mean, I think at this point, you just have to accept that it's a plot device, though, because I do think that the mayor would have had the force. Well, no, never mind. I talked myself out of this while I was watching the episode. I was going to say, why didn't Faith, like, burn his apartment so that there's at least no evidence? But truthfully, since he's an academic, there's already, you know, he's already logged these studies that he's done. So it wouldn't even really do her any good to burn down his apartment. Yeah, it's I not mean, as though he, it's not as though that would like, they wouldn't have destroyed all of his work because his work is pre- presumably pum- published in like journals and books. So, but they wouldn't. But how quickly would they have been able to find that? I mean, that's I mean, what's sloppy about it is like they left the evidence. It's right true, there but for like Buffy with, to walk in and grab with Willow on their team, I think it ultimately wouldn't have saved them that much. Yeah, and it stopped. But them then why from kill him? To, like, I feel like that bring, brings more attention to it. Mm-hmm. I guess unless, in that, unless I guess the fear in that, is that like that guy would survive the ascension and realize it's the same thing. Right. And then be like, oh, we could just kill it with a ton of fire. Right. Or, Maybe that. or is it that the mayor truthfully knows that the Scoobies will ultimately always figure it out? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, he must be a little bit afraid of them. Not afraid of, you know, but, like, knows that they're relentless and that they'll figure it out eventually. But, again, he's just making it happen faster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's the one misstep, I think. Yeah, like, I don't think it it's in character really with the mayor to tie be up that. very well. Yeah. I kind of want to talk just more about the, like, high school stuff. hmm Yeah. I, like, in particular, like, I think the hangman scene, that's hilarious. I love it. I love that professor or that teacher. He's been in a few other episodes in the background, but, like, he, him getting maniacal about everybody guessing E's in his hangman scene is, like, it's just <laughs> funny. You know, I love that. Um, I'm, I like the Harmony and Willow interaction as well. Where, like, I they wonder saw, if that's just to remind us who Harmony is before I'm she dies. I'm certain that it is. Yeah. But they also, you know, Harmony was not a 
a non-character before this. Um, but she hasn't really been there for... Probably she hasn't been in an episode since, like, the, Xander the one thing. where... Um, Anya. Yeah, the one with Anya. Uh, or the... Yeah, the second one. No, she's only in the first one with Anya. Uh, the second one. Whatever. Anya's been in several episodes. Um, did you have any experiences like that? Like what? Like Harmony and Willow, where you're like, oh, I guess I don't hate this person. <laughs> no, because I didn't really yeah. have anyone that I hated. Like, mm. I, um, yeah, I you know, I, I, I only started high school in the high school that I graduated from my sophomore year. So, mm. like, these aren't people that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like, I really only interacted with, like, the people I had class with and, like, some friends I had outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my the people that I knew, like, out of a class of over 600 people, I probably knew, like... 40 people Mm -hmm. like so I just didn't have anyone that I was like oh you're the worst like anyone that probably would have fit that description I just never interacted Mm -hmm. with so yeah yeah Hmm. what about you it sounds like you did no I don't (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anyone maybe yeah that just seems like also like kind of more of a tv trope like I'm you know Mm -hmm. maybe it happens I don't know but like that whole like I mean, I know people are mean. I, I guess now it happens mostly online, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah, that wasn't in my high school experience of, mm-hmm. like, someone just being that cruel all the mm-hmm. time. So After Buffy realizes what's going on, she packs up stuff for her mom to leave town. Yeah, which I think was a nice, t- nice touch. I think it's a nice touch. I'm, I think that it's fine, and, and I like the way that it plays out. I interested in the alternate reality where instead this is the moment when Joyce decides to also join the fight, you know, cause Joyce is kind of on the same level as the high school students where it's like, she knew this stuff was happening and she was ignoring it, but now she's kind of in the know and like, maybe it's time for Joyce to step up. <laughs> you know, I, I think ultimately it makes sense. Like Buffy really is the, the linchpin to this whole plan and she needs to be focused on, the mayor and not on her mom dying, but I just, I like the idea of like, what if Joyce had decided to join the fight also? (laughs) Yeah. But also like, I think it makes a lot more sense to not have her there because like, then you're like, uh, you know, why is Buffy doing like not worried about her mom or like whatever. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think all the parents though come off a little bit badly in this episode where they're all like willing to just let their kids fight and just be like, we're running away. Like my parents would never do that. (laughs) But yeah, I unless, know it's TV and they have to some, do it. Like unseen thing that we're supposed to like um, assume happen where like mm-hmm. all the students are like, just run away. Or right, whatever. right. Maybe. So. Um, in this episode, but or in one of these episodes, Buffy mentioned that this is the last time she's going to have an office romance. And I'm wondering yeah. if you think that explains her office casual work. <laughs> 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 she said that and I was like, ah, aha, <laughs> you're thinking of this too much like a job. Yeah. Also, it's not. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. Also, no. <laughs> like, you were only going to have office romances. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't point out my very favorite. I've already said that I have a different favorite line in the whole series. So I guess this is my second favorite line. But if I really thought about it, maybe this would be my first one. But when the when the mayor is eating those spiders, <laughs> like that is the one of the funniest things that I've ever seen in my life. I love it. I love the mayor so much, and every like quirk and tick 
like physically that that actor has imbued the mayor with is wonderful. But like when he is eating the spiders and he says like, what's the fun in becoming an immortal demon if you're not regular? Like I lose it every time. That is, it is one of the um, best lines that's ever been written in TV. <laughs> hands down, I think that is one of the best scenes of the entire series. I agree. Like, it's, it's just, just so, funny. so perfect of like the it's mayor. It's a perfect of, like, picture of him. He's, yes, we like, don't knock during dark rituals. Like, that's <laughs> like, come on, you're just too much, Mayor. I love you. <laughs> well, I think on that note, like, I mean, even more, like, he was just like on fire in this episode. He like, is. You know, he's you so see good. Him yeah. When he's in the library and he's like threatening them and he's like, oh, it's going to be one heck of a speech. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been the perfect time to be like, it's going to be one hell of a speech because like he's turning into a demon. Right. And, like, but the, he's still parallels, But he still says heck. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, and then, like, later he's, like, sending the vampires out on attack, and he's like, and watch the swearing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, well, I mean, and just kind of more to that actor's credit, again, you know, I... I've said I said before in the in the last episode that like I like when we get to watch the mayor flip into being really serious because I think it's a good contrast to how he kind of normally behaves himself. But like, yeah, watching him like freak out in the hospital is like so scary. And it's so like he just does such a good job of like it, it feels really believable that he is both of the you know, he's both. These are both facets of his character where like he is this jolly kind of seemingly rule following guy. Who, but when he really cares about something, like, it feels real, too. Yeah, and I think what was interesting to me about that scene in the hospital particularly is, like, you can kind of see the ruthless side of him, but also well, yeah. that he's so close to the ascension that he just doesn't care anymore. Like, right, yeah, he's the he's mayor of Sunnydale more, yeah. trying to murder someone in the hospital, right. and, like, he just, you know, they stop him, but, like... And I don't know if he says something about being crazed with grief or whatever, mm-hmm. but yet he, he tries to murder a student and then he's still giving the commencement speech the next day. That's right. a little bit odd to me. Yeah. Um, maybe he just kind of slips out, but, you know, like he he's just, he doesn't care anymore about mm-hmm. like the, the civilities of, you know, like faith is dead and he's like, I'm about to become this demon and eat all of you. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that though too, so they introduce him during the speech uh, as Richard Wilkins the third. Mm-hmm. Um, one and two are definitely him, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I was assuming <laughs> that, that he's just like presenting himself as like some guy's lookalike son every you know, yeah, fifteen years or something. That would make sense. Yeah. I am very curious about his whole stint. I'd watch a little like spin-off prequel about the mayor, <laughs> the mayor's rise in Sunnydale. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm all about it. There must be some fanfic on the internet about that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, another funny thing that Alex actually pointed out in Faith's apartment, and this is especially clear in the second part of this ep- of the episode, um, there's like a huge snake painting on her wall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're like, oh, nice, nice so touch, props department. Speaking of the snake, I have to wonder. So um, first of all, now we've heard of two ascensions that have mm-hmm. happened before, um, and Yet when the mayor mentions Ascension or whatever, like no one's heard of this. Yeah. Like, I guess the assumption is because everyone who witnessed them is dead. Right. Um, like Anya was saying, like three people got out of this other town. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, where do those demons go? Like once they eat all everyone in the town, like, yeah. where, you know, that's a little bit like, isn't there some giant Logosh demon like yeah. flying around somewhere? It's a good question. Um, but the other thing was Anya was like telling them about how like all the demons on the earth are tainted and like you know, a real demon is much bigger. Mm-hmm. And and with all of that, like, and, you know, and then Xander's pulling out the, the sketch in the book and it's like four pages or whatever. Mm-hmm. With all of that, I and maybe this was just like the limits of the CGI, but the mayor still felt kind of small. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I agree. 
but like maybe he was gonna grow by eating people. Like it did. I mean, he, he did, did, did he emphasize, to yeah, yeah, that he, yeah. So maybe I don't hmm. know. That's and then question. also Anya's telling them that like all the rituals are different for this one. Like she doesn't recognize any mm-hmm. of them. So like, does that mean that she was like helping this sorcerer ascend hmm. or like? witnessing like how does she know the rituals that it's this a great other question guy did to turn like that kind of seemed a little bit odd to me maybe in retrospect because she was in a small enough town she could have said like oh this must have been what he was doing but yeah that is a little weird i mean and honestly too this is the first time that i've really been annoyed about the existence of anya's not the existence of anya because i you know i i enjoy her i really like emma caulfield and i like the places that they go with with anya generally speaking but like it really is. She is exactly the same character as Angel and that they never really comment on that. At least maybe in season seven, there are there is an episode that deals with Anya like much later. But like for the most part, they just welcome her into the group when she has been a murderer. She's murdered and maimed people for thousands of years. Like and she's just now they're just like, cool, whatever. Like you're just a cute girl now. Like it's pretty messed up. And well, I think I it's know. definitely I mean, I like an. The- underlying I think sexism kind of of the show where it's like oh but because she's a woman they really just don't treat her the same way and I feel like it's a bad it's bad I think I mean I don't know because I was thinking about that watching this episode where like Anya's talking about her past and she's talking about it almost gleefully of like all the things that she did and like Xander kind of calls her out on that too but like I think the difference that we're supposed to see is that Angel is still the same demon that he was when he was like doing all this stuff I mean yes he has a soul and like all of that but he's still that demon where Anya is now considered what they would say considered an innocent like Buffy can't kill her because she's human like Anya's not a demon that's like gone through like some sort of like remorseful change or whatever like Anya is human like she is stuck but what was the different but she's also a human who made the choice to become a demon and like but did I mean but but okay but like did she have did she a soul or did she, she know was, what she was really getting into like she I mean, seemed we'll to enjoy there. it I yeah, don't know, but I think though. the I difference think is, like, whatever her past, now they're treating her based on her present. But why do you know they, what I mean? they could do that with Angel. Which is what, that is what they do with Angel. <laughs> it's what Buffy does with Angel. Well, maybe they all learned. I just think it's, I think that the Xander's show is... Xander's the only one who doesn't treat Angel And he's the only present. one who falls in love with Anya. Oh, well, <laughs> like, yeah. It is particularly, a, again, like an underscoring of Xander's inherent sexism, where he is just like, oh, but it's cool because she's a girl. Like, it doesn't matter. And she's into me. And she's into me. He goes yeah. on a date with her immediately, and the only thing she talks about is killing people. And he he's not like, hey, you're a psychopath. He's like, I mean, oh, I, this is I'm a I'm always a little bit you. alarmed that they're, they're not concerned that Xander took someone to prom who tried to kill them all but yeah like, exactly you know, yeah whatever. i i guess um, i just it is bothering me i understand that you yeah technically there are like excuses for it but i just feel like those same things apply to angel having a soul and not having a soul i i kind of thought that the assumption was that most demons don't have souls so like well Anya, i mean here's Anya the did other maybe thing, get like, her soul back also here's she, the question does the mayor have a soul i don't know like he's trying to become a demon, but he's human. So does he have a soul? Or and they would have killed him a long they, time ago. They would have like, killed him. I actually think he might have said he got rid of his soul. Maybe uh, yeah. I have to look it up. It is bothering me. I think it'll continue to bother me. But what are you gonna do? Well, um, you should probably get over it because we've got four more seasons with mm-hmm. Anya. I do like some of the jokes in this episode were definitely amazing. Oz's we attacked the mayor with hummus. Mm-hmm. I. Love that visual. I also love the visual of them chasing him around with a box labeled Ebola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I would actually like to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it would have worked, but. Mm-hmm. 
we kind of talked a little bit about it, but, you know, Buffy does have Angel drink her blood, um, which I think is kind of ironic that, like, we've come to the end of Buffy and Angel, and, like, mm-hmm. the entire time the, the fear has always been, right, like, Angel's going to suddenly snap, and, like, he's going to hurt Buffy and, like, be a danger to her or others, and, like, that finally happens right at the end, but, like, it's because Buffy tells him to do it and it's to save his life. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the kind of, like... Mm-hmm the threat of what Angel was going to do this whole time, which is, like, try to kill the Slayer, is, like, kind of comes to pass in this episode. But it's, like, kind of twisted. And um, also, apparently, they kind of tried to make it, like, really erotic. They did. So, I didn't like that yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was silly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I we've are, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't do anything for me. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about, like, it, the irony of that, of, like, he does finally come to that point mm-hmm. but it's not for any reason that anyone would have assumed before like you know angel of season two would have gladly done that but it would have been for much different reasons yeah oh did you see the um the gerarg monster at the end had no. a graduation cap on no i didn't watch it but that's cute. i specifically watched for it because i was like oh this would have been a good episode for them to do something yeah and then he had a little graduation cap on <laughs> oh yeah well, I would say that I think this was, like, a really good culmination of, like, they really did a good job of building up this season of, like, yeah. slowly introducing the big bad, kind of making him more menacing as you go along, and then we come to this, and it's just, like, so satisfying. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I sort of think this time around, though, that I liked season two's finale more. <laughs> really? Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> that was not weird. I was kind of like, oh, maybe I liked that other one better. I don't know. I like them both a lot, but... Yeah. I think I generally say this might be my favorite finale, but I don't know. Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, getting really excited for season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's like, one I where love- you, you're, she stands alone on this one. That's not my favorite <laughs> at all. All right. Well, anything else you want to add? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what I wanted to add. I'm sorry. I, I, I basically said this previously, but... Uh, it's important to me that my favorite, in addition to the students all pulling out their weapons, my other favorite scene in this whole episode is when Angel like swings a punch at the first vampire. I love that scene. I think it's amazing. Um, And I love watching Angel in this episode in general, or really in these last couple of episodes, like watching Angel kind of become more Angel Angel than Buffy Angel is like a good transition. I forgot how much like he's pretty, he's so mopey in season two. (laughs) Like he's just so sad and it's like not that fun and it's so much more fun to watch him like remem- be reminded that like he is also a really great fighter and he's also a really great hero and to watch him get to be heroic is like a lot more fun than watching him you know whisper clues into their ears and then disappear into the night. Yeah, and I think in this episode particularly like he's has a whole little arc of like you tried to bring me down but I'm back here and mm-hmm. I'm going to you know I'm going to kill all of you yeah. kind of thing. And, I mean, the Eclipse is certainly just a handy way to have sure, of course, fight. Yeah. Um, um, but then, by extension, you can also have other vampires. a reason for, like, they have to fight all the vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is nice to see Angel taking part in this way. Yeah. And then he's gone. And then he's gone into the fog. Yeah. Oh, mist. Whatever it was. Uh, okay. Well, I'm excited for Angel to be on his own. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Angel. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else about graduation? No. Okay. Yeah. So I think next week we're going to do like a 
like just a kind of casual recap of like high school mm-hmm. essentially. Um, cause we were talking about this and like, there is kind of a delineation between these first three seasons, seasons mm-hmm. and the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think tonally it definitely changes a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, there's definitely like, they jump directly from like, we're in high school to like, we're just adults now. Yeah. Um, to the point that college is really even not a huge focus of the show past season four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just going to be worth it. Just kind of a rehash of yeah. like what we liked about the last three seasons maybe what we didn't mm-hmm. what we're looking forward to so we'll do that next week and yeah. then we're gonna take two weeks off for the holidays yeah um so we won't be dropping any new episodes on the 25th or the first right um but then we'll who be was gonna listen with, to them on those days anyway everyone's got yeah. plans <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna come back with season four of buffy and season one of angel yeah so our seasons are. I had to get order. Longer. Had to order my DVDs. <laughs> I almost forgot. I think it's on Hulu. I know, but I like watching them on the DVDs. Yeah, I do enjoy no commercials. Also, I don't want to say too much about my Hulu subscriptions or whose I maybe use, <laughs> but I maybe can't always use that reliably. So <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah. Also, I just want to have them. I feel like I should own them all by the end of this project. You know. Yeah. Um, do you have any pop culture recs? <laughs> no. What have I been doing with myself? I don't know, but I don't have any. <laughs> I have one. Okay. Um, so season two of the crown mm, just came out mm-hmm. on Netflix and I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, the first season was so good. It's like mm-hmm. watching this like lush historical drama, but it's based in like history. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you can feel like a total nerd watching it too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's kind of, like, everything I want out of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's basically taking, like, real-life events and, like, adding fictional dialogue to them, like every good historical novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's also just a beautiful show, and, um, you know, it's focusing on, like, the first season was, like, the first 10 years of um, Queen Elizabeth's reign, and then mm-hmm. this one, I believe, is the next 10 years. Um, and they're doing it really interestingly, where this is the last season with the current... Actress, yeah. And then they're going to cast an older um, group for the next one, which I think is a really refreshing way to do it. Like, you know, I think it's kind of like the first show I know of where they've really done that Mm -hmm. um, because of the amount of time that they're covering. Um, But this season so far is like, you know, the end of the 50s into the 60s. And it's just a really interesting time um, in England. And so like, you know, there's like the Suez crisis and like, you know, changing of prime ministers and also just like the monarchy trying to keep up with modern modernization of the rest of the Mm -hmm. world. Um, I don't know. It's just a beautiful show to watch and I'm a few episodes into the next season and I'm just probably going to binge the rest of it Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend it. It's just, I mean, I, I think there's no, I mean, some people might say it's a little bit boring. It is a little slow at times, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like real life, right? Right. So, they're not making stuff happen for the sake of it. It's just like, what's going on? Um, Prince Philip is the worst. So <laughs> I don't know how true that characterization really is, but like, I'm happy to have a villain on the show. Yeah. Um, and Claire Foy, who plays Queen Elizabeth, is, I think, amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the actress who plays Princess Margaret is mm-hmm. great as well. Oh, and um, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce his name, but... Uh, that actor who, he was on The Good Wife for a couple seasons, and um, it's like Matthew Good or Goody. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know how you're supposed Finn. to say it. 
Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't he, know. He's, he's just joined for season two. Got so. it. Well, that's cool. It's very exciting yeah. for anyone who's a Chasing Liberty fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So watch The Crown. It's good. Cool. So this week, I think I'm probably Team Buffy. So Am I, I was, allowed to be Team Buffy? Yeah, of course. Okay. I didn't know if this had turned into like a best supporting player kind of award. No. But. And that was what my first inclination was, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Team Mayor. <laughs> oh. I don't support his mission, but I support him. <laughs> That's my slogan. His vigilant, atta- vigilant watch against all swearing yeah. in Sunnydale. Yeah, I'm for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. All I right. guess I'll allow it. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at OMWC Podcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. 